Good morning and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Every Given Sunday Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Joe Jennings here with Michael Tilly, Brandon Harewood. How are we doing this morning? Fantastic. Yes, sir. Doing good. Yeah, another day closer. Today marks officially 14 days away from football starting. What NFL, I can't speak for all football, college football will be back in two days. Um, so exciting time of year, always our favorite time of the year. Um, today we're going to jump into episode where we give you guys our favorite late round. Uh, I guess you could say values or whatever the term you like to use, our favorite late round guys you can get. And for us late round, we're considering pretty much n- rounds nine and 10 or later um, at that point, to be honest. So, uh, yeah, we each give you guys two guys that we like and then we'll kind of discuss, you know, where we're all at with them and whatnot. So uh, other than that, we're going to hop right into news and notes for today. And first piece of news we're going to jump into is that Colts, the Indianapolis Colts have given Jonathan Taylor until Tuesday to find a trade. I don't know how this I – mean, I guess it could happen, but it's only five days, essentially. Um, I guess there have been teams interested in Taylor, but I guess the main one, like, I guess would be, like, interesting to me would be the Chiefs, if the Chiefs were able to get him. But I really hope that doesn't happen by any means. But um, the LC going to be traded by Tuesday, essentially. No, I don't think anybody's going to give them what they want. I think they're asking for more than what the 49ers gave for McCaffrey. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I mean, I also felt that's just too close of a deadline. And, you know, with his injury history and just the way the RB market is, I don't I don't really see it happening right now. Well, JT, hope you get healthy or whatever is going on in Indianapolis. Hope everything works out for you, buddy. I'm pretty sure you will be a coach for the rest of this year, but maybe not. We'll see. Uh, the infamous Cooper Cup is finally back in practice, folks. Um, that is a great sign to see. Uh, Matthew Stafford seems to be, I guess, okay for now. I mean, that's all we really can do. Uh, let's go off of that. But, I mean, I guess it's good to see that he's back at practice before the season actually starts and he's getting a couple of days in. Um, I guess, essentially, have anybody turn their tail on where they view drafting him at is pretty simple. Such as simple as that. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I guess he's back in my uh, wide receiver three. For now, is he? Are you sure? No, exactly. I'm scared of Hemi, man. Yeah, Brandon hates Cooper Cup, so I don't think he'll have Cooper Cup, but we'll see. Uh, yeah, Terry McLaurin has turf toe. Um, optimism for week one, but he did hurt it in the preseason game against the Ravens. Um, only can speak for myself, I didn't quite understand why the starters played the whole half. Personally, I didn't quite get that. Um, but it seems like he'll be okay, but that's one of those things I think could be lingering if it's not taken care of correctly before the season starts. So I guess it's just what's concerning me right now with Terry. Um, yeah, I don't like the timing at all. I mean, it's two weeks till basically two week, two and a half weeks until, like, the start of regular season. So, like you said, it's a lingering injury. So, I don't know. I guess I it's different. for Dotson. I sent them a tweet about the turf, about turf toe, and the thing is – this I think this is a doctor who tweeted this. Uh, on average, they missed three point four weeks, and grade two can be six to seven weeks. So, depending on how bad it is, who knows? Because grade one it says three to four weeks, so it's not not a good thing. It'll be exactly about three weeks, about in terms from when the Sunday game starts and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm not drafting Terry McCorn anyway. Not saying I won't ever, but. I won't. I don't think he'll end up on any of my rosters, but I guess there's a chance. You're um, the Terry McLaurin fanboy. I don't know how. I, this I love happening. Terry McLaurin, but 
I, I just don't know for where he's going. I'd rather have other guys around him, personally. But I could be wrong and end up regretting it. So we'll see. Maybe I'll take my words back and I will have Terry in some leagues. Um, yeah, Jackson Smith and Jigga and Jigba, <laughs> star rookie out of Ohio State uh, for the Seattle Seahawks, fractured his wrist. Um, he needs surgery. They are seeking a second opinion, obviously trying to see if he does need surgery or if they should just let it naturally heal on its own right now. Um, he is hopeful for week one, but I don't think he'll play week one, personally. Um, I just don't see the point of risking your star first overall pick, uh, especially when you already have two great receivers. Um, let him take his time. When he's ready, he's ready. So that's where I'm at with JSN, but draft-wise, I'm I still don't know why I am with him or if I want any parts of him at all. Um, only thing I'll say, it does increase my confidence a little bit for, like, drafting, I guess, Tyler Lockett. I thought like he took the biggest hit when JSN came into the picture. So, I don't know. That's kind of just where I look at it. But, yeah, it is unfortunate. Well, I say it makes me a little more encouraged on DK Metcalf, just slightly. But True. we'll see how that is. Um, Devon Ockney, uh rookie for the Miami Dolphins, running back. Um, he was carted off the field, but, I mean, he seemed to be what I saw after. He seemed to be walking slash running, I guess. So, it's kind of confusing. I've seen a lot of guys get carted off this last week and they're back at practice the next day, so I don't really know what that means anymore, carted off this offseason. So, I guess with Akane, I mean, we'll get a little bit more into him. Um, well, never my brain changes his player, so never mind. But, uh. Yeah, with most – I'm not sure what to do. I'm just not touching this backfield. If you want a piece of it, go ahead by all means. I just don't want no piece of it. Um, it's just too I, much. I have slight interest in Mustard in the in the back end of the draft. but Yeah, my yeah. thing is for guys, if you do like backfields like Miami, then you should love Philly's backfield. should be no reason why you don't want a Philly back. That is the same as that comparison. And honestly, the backs from Philly are going to be better. Yeah. Call it how you want, but – I just I think, think it's, it's a difference in ADP. Like, you can literally get – Mostert and like Jeff Wilson, like probably like tenth like the last now. pick, yeah. But like DeAndre Swift is going like I don't even know, probably like six, seven round. I'm not even sure. Yeah, which is kind of tough. Um, in terms of, I guess where you want to take any of those guys, but even Ockney, I mean, but he does, I think, have the most upside out of everybody in the backfield. So I wouldn't be mad at any means if you did prefer Ockney over the other guys. Yeah. Um, I don't know why we're discussing this, but Baker Mayfield has been announced the starter of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I, that doesn't do anything for me, so I don't know if it does something for y'all, but I'll let you I do have something to say. I don't have much to say in terms of what it does for them. I mean, it I figured Baker was going to be the starter. I mean, you're still going to yeah. draft. There are three guys you're drafting, and those are probably the only three guys. Evans, Godwin, Rashad White. Probably all you're drafting, maybe. You're not drafting Baker? No. <laughs> if you're in the super deep league, if you're in the super deep league, maybe Sean Tucker, I guess. Um, but other than that, I guess congrats, Baker, to any starting job. I'm not no hater. Uh, good luck for you, or good luck this season. But I just think the Bucks will be taking a step back with him at quarterback. But I guess we'll see how that works out. To be honest, Tilly, you gotta get your uh, your Otten plug in. I was waiting. He said a late round you might take. I thought he was going to say Otten, but he said uh, Sean Tucker before he even said Otten. So that's a little Joe, Joe hates that name. Yeah. Kate Otten to the bro. moon. Nobody in their life is starting Kate Otten, bro. Y'all need to stop. Like, y'all actually pissed me off with that. The week I play you in the home league, I'm going to pick him up and start him at my tight end just so he violates you. All right. I'm going to start Dalton Kincaid to violate you. That's fine. Nah, no, nah, you're going to start Dalton Schultz. That's what yeah. you like. Yeah, I will start Dalton Schultz. And I'll start Kincaid in my flex. <laughs> Listen, 
Anyhow, that is all the news and notes we have for today, guys. We're going to go ahead and hop into our late round sleepers. Um, I didn't think you are going to pick two guys from the same team, but I'm willing to listen. So you can go first. Yeah, I'm a Manders fan this year. But, um, yeah, my guy, my first guy is Jahan Dotson. Um, looking at his ADP right now, he's going at 904, wide receiver 36. Um, so second-year wide receiver, I mean, we all know what, like, people say about second-year wide receivers is usually, like, their breakout year, second to third year. Um, when you look at last year, he dealt with a lot of injuries, which I feel like it really held him back. But when you look at the games that he did play and he was healthy, weeks one through four, beginning of the season, first four games in the league, he was wide receiver 22. He had four touchdowns in his first four weeks in the NFL. He was tied for first in receiving touchdowns. Um, and then he returns week 10. He didn't play much those first three games. He had one catch, one catch, zero catches. So I'm not really counting those. But if you look at weeks 13 through 18, he was wide receiver 19. So, like, he's a guy floating right around wide receiver 20 when he is healthy. And that, and we look at last year, that was with Taylor Heineke and uh, Carson Wentz on the center. And he was a rookie, wide receiver 20 basically averaging. Uh, when you look at this year, Sam Howell will be taking over, who's looked amazing in preseason. Uh, I mean, if you just look at last last preseason game, 19 for 25, two touchdowns, also ended the, the Ravens preseason uh, winning streak. Sorry, Joe. And uh, they brought in Kansas City OC, Eric Bieniemy, who I feel like he has something to prove as an OC. And Terry McLaurin is dealing with the turf toe, like we said. So, I mean, John Dawson, he's going at wide receiver 36, basically like a back-end third wide receiver three. I think he has wide receiver two potential. And I feel like he'll, he'll be playable by, like, I don't know, after the first few weeks of the season, if he has a connection with Sam Howell. So, we'll see. He's definitely valuable where he's going. And this is the same thing as Jess. He doesn't like Terry McLaurin, but I'm sure he'd rather have Dotson at his ADP than he would Terry McLaurin just because they're being drafted so far apart. Yeah, and I, even, like, I just did a comparison as well. Like, weeks one through four, when Dotson was wide receiver 22, Terry McLaurin was wide receiver 37. Weeks 13 through 18, when Dotson was wide receiver 19, Terry was wide receiver 14. So it's like they're like, you know what I'm saying, 1A, 1B. I mean, you can mix and match, mix and match however you want to say it, but like it's not like they're that far off. So ADP wise, I'm I'm definitely fine with going Dotson, especially if he's healthy right now. Yeah, I mean, when you're looking at Dotson, the main thing that who knows how the turf toe is going to work with Terry. I mean, for the most part, Terry seems to be a healthy player, but I mean, maybe we are finally living in a world where the Commanders can't have two reliable fantasy receivers. Um, now that's tough for me to believe, because there's so many, it's just so many people in that offense. It's a lot of touches to go around, but. But I can't tell from the two preseason games I have watched. I mean, other receivers are getting the ball, don't get me wrong, but Dotson and McLaurin are going to be like the head of the pecking order. Um, and at that point, where you're getting Dotson at, I feel like you're not really risking much, in my personal opinion. So I guess that's why I like the value more like Tilly said compared to Terry. It's just an aspect of like, I guess if I draft them, I think they both draft and they all play, they both play all 17 games. There's no way Terry McLaurin outscores somebody that much. Even if he does outscore him by any means. Yeah. Um, so that's why I'm looking at it, man. Like you said, the most impressive thing I was watching him last year, I was like, kill me. You know, I rarely ever say this, but I was like, is he better than Terry? 
Like I've actually had that thought. Like it's hey. really crossed my mind. Like is he better than Terry? Like, and they both do different things. Don't get me wrong; they're both very elite receivers, but or skill sets. But I don't know, man. When it comes to <clears throat> Dotson, I feel like he's one of your best late round guys. They're gonna pass the ball. I think a lot more than they did last year. Um, they're still gonna run the ball. Don't get me wrong, but I think they're gonna pass it more than they did in previous years. Um, and I don't know. I mean. It feels like Howell has a good connection with pretty much everyone. Does it seem like he favors anyone too much more than others? But I mean, when, I, my bad, I'm going to cut you off. But I mean, I'm just looking at the game literally the other day. Like, I'm not sure, like, at what point McLaurin got hurt. But, like. He got hurt with two minutes to go in the second quarter. So, Dawson has seven targets. I, I don't really like to, like, use preseason too much, like, to judge. But, like, Dawson has seven targets, five catches, and 76 yards. Well, the thing, I know you don't want to use preseason, but damn, they played the whole half. I think that's valuable. Yeah, and in that time, McLaurin only had three targets. So seven to three. I mean, I'm not saying, you know what I'm saying? It can range from game to game depending on matchups and, you know, whatever. But, like, got seven targets in one half. I agree. I'm not saying McLaurin won't have game more targets. I just think the truth is McLaurin will, one, always draw the harder matchup from the corner. That's the first one. Two, I'm sorry, the watching Jahan Dotson at Penn State, watching him his rookie year and the time I got to see. God bless your soul as a defensive coordinator if you're going to put him one-on-one. You have no chance. I'm sorry, you have no chance if you're putting him one-on-one, in my personal opinion. Um, so, I'm not just saying it because he did good against the Ravens. I'm just saying every time I've seen him, like you said, I was like, bro, seven touchdowns is absurd. As a rookie, he was on pace to really have like 10 or 12, to be honest, if he played the whole season. Um, I think a lot of the commanders' offense is undervalued this year. I actually truly think there are five draftable players on their roster. Maybe six if you like Sam Howell, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, I love the John Dotson late-round pick. Um, we'll get into your other commander boy in a second. But uh, I guess I'll go ahead and take over with my guy. Um, it took me a while. I was kind of contemplating. Um, I wanted to pick a guy really, really down the list, not like 30 or 40, like 50s. Um, so I went with Zamir White of the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, now, granted, you already know what I'm going to say. Part of this is going to be on. What happens with Josh Jacobs' situation? We got to be honest, fellas. It's almost September. We haven't heard a damn word. Um, so something needs to be realized in terms of what could possibly be happening. Um, if you're, before you go on, if you're yeah. drafting today, because people are probably drafting this week, next week, where are you comfortable taking Josh Jacobs knowing that he might not? Like, we don't know what's going to happen. We have no idea. It's the same thing with Jonathan Taylor, but I have a little more confidence. At least Jonathan Taylor showed up. He's seeing a trade. He's going, I think he's going late second right now. Just due to the fact that he might play, I guess I would still have to be comfortable taking him in the third round. Like it's a it's a pick, it's a pick you take, but it's like I'm not trying to be funny. Like the person that scares me the most from doing this is when I don't know what league I was in, but I know one year I took Le'Veon number one when he sat out. Mm. So like it was just like all right, we all thought, like, okay, he's gonna play, he's gonna play, right? I'm not saying everybody's Le'Veon, but I mean, some guys are dead serious, man. Like even if they don't, even if they end up playing, they might not play week one. They might not be back till week five or six. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm almost at a stay away. I mean, like, I mean, I guess you can go really down the list to to a point where it's just like. But I mean, I mean, are you guys more fearful of him or Jonathan Taylor? At least I've seen Taylor in the facility. Yeah, well, Jacobs hasn't even set foot in the facility, bro. Jacobs is going as RB9. So if today, would you take Najee before him, knowing Najee's going to play? Yeah. Yes. Joe, Joe Mixon? Yeah. I'm yeah. saying, like, I will not. That's where I'm going, Ramondre Stevenson. 
If it was today, yeah, if it was today, I would have to take it with my. Oh hand. my god! It's just no encur- like there's no encouraging sign showing that he's going to be playing. Like there's not there's not been a single hope sliver anyway. This is this is exactly why you when you wait to do your fantasy drafts, man, because this is crazy. Hey, that's what we always say. Try to wait till the week of pretty much to do it or that weekend right before. But um, yeah, so kind of getting into Zamir White a little bit. Um, right now, he's going undrafted. Like, I, I'm not gonna say I don't completely agree. Like, I get the aspect of not wanting to take him that high, but where is he? I know I just had it. Why did I lose it? Okay, there we go. He's going as running back 58. Pick 185 overall. Listen, if there's any chance Josh Jacobs doesn't play, there's no way in hell he's not going to finish in the top 40 or something in that aspect. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be somebody you want to play every week, but that is a good late-round value, in my personal opinion, when you're looking at Zamir White. Um, even if you talk, when you listen to – is Josh McDaniels by my ass still their coach? Yes. Okay, well, ew. But um, when you listen to Zamir uh, – Josh McDaniels talk about Zamir White um, – he seems very happy with White. Like, he seems like he's okay if Jacobs is not. Obviously, you know that's not the truth, but he's okay with playing White but in a, and playing White a good amount if uh, Jacobs is not there. Um, I know, like, Brandon said, it's only preseason, but, I mean, last week he did have 10 carries, 40 yards. Barton is only target for nine yards. Um, he was good the week before as well, 13 for 43 in a touchdown. And I'm saying, if we're getting those numbers in preseason, he might be a 15 to 20 carry a week guy. Yeah. And you're telling me I can get that at the 180th fifth pick? I, I just don't see what the downside is in that pick, personally. Like, he literally can be the last guy on your bench and be it. Like, there's no other guy that's going to be the last spot on your bench that is a legit starter on their team. Um, Now, I don't have a lot to go off of, especially his rookie year. I mean, he was pretty much behind one of the best backs in all of football. So, I don't know what to tell y'all, but this is kind of dependent on whether Jacobs plays or not. But we have to go off how well we know the information we know today for this episode. And we don't know if Jacobs is playing. Um, so I think Zemir White would be a great pivot, super young guy. I'm sure me and Tilly have just been watching this dude since high school, to be honest, since he comes from North Carolina. Um, well, the crazy thing is you can't even – I mean, you can look at his college stuff, but he split time with James Cook at Georgia. So, And it's like, you know, if he went anywhere else, he probably would have been All-American. I'm just being honest, like other than Georgia. So I don't know, man. I think his, I think his draft – deteriorated due to some injuries in college, but the talent people, are, this is the number one running back out of his class in high school going into college in the whole country. He's the number one running back. So the talent is there. It's just a matter of getting opportunities. Um, so I know it sounds ugly. I don't know if anybody here wants to be white, but it's just something to really think about because you're getting a guy who's going to get f- almost 15 touches a game and you don't have to spend a dime on him. Yeah. I love it. And what's also encouraging is like his backups are Brandon Bolden, and Amir Abdullah, who, like, in the last, I guess, five years have been nothing but, like, just third-down guys, like, who are just there to catch the ball. They're, they're not really there for carries. Um, So I love it. And especially in Dynasty, like, me and, me and Tilly just did a Dynasty drive. Um, Just, I mean, we just did a Dynasty drive, what, like, last week, I'd say. Um, mm-hmm. I just grabbed Amir White off of um, off waivers. Like, we don't know, like, the, I guess, long-term – Situation with Josh Jacobs, if he chooses to, you know, get a con, if he gets the contract, if he goes with the, um, what's it called? What am I saying? If he signs the, uh, what's the shit they get? Chess tag. Yeah, the franchise tag. So, like, we don't know, you know, what, what future implications are for Josh Jacobs. So, hey, it's happening to me, white, 23 years old. 
But I say, man, I just feel like all the upside is there. And I really looked my hardest because, like I said, I could have <clears throat> it's not any shade towards anyone here. I about to say we all picked our own guy for a reason, but I really wanted to pick somebody like very, very, very low down, like somebody almost undraftable. Yeah. Um, and no one's talking about it. Like no one's like, hey, Josh Jacobs doesn't know what he's doing. Pick up some mirror. I, I really haven't had heard that many analysts say that. So I'm glad you said that. Yeah. And I mean, appreciate it, bro. But it's just like I I'm not saying bro's gonna be a superstar. I'm not saying he's gonna be Josh Jacobs by any means, but I don't know, man. I just feel like you're in the same offense. You know they're still going to run the ball a lot. I would say they're going to pass it a lot, but I don't know. It's hard for me to pass up on a guy who's going to get double-digit, almost 15 touches a game for basically no cost at all. Um, So that's why he's one of my favorite late-round guys. But uh, I'll let you go ahead, Tilly. Are you ready? Yeah. Uh, my first late-round guy is the starting running back for the Chicago Bears, Khalil Herbert. He is currently going as – Running back 32 off the board, and I can almost guarantee you he is not going to finish running back 32. He's uh, picking 90 right now. Um, and just to, to look at some of his numbers, last year in games that he had more than 15 carries, which is the games he was a starter, um, it was only three, but week three against Houston, he had 20 for 157 and two. Week four, he had 19 for 77. One catch for 24 yards. And week eight against Dallas, he had 16 for 99 and one touchdown. Um, yeah, this is a really, if you watch the preseason inning, the first week of the preseason, when the Bears, the only week the Bears played their starters, um, Kyle Herbert had all the carries with Justin Fields in, and he also took a screen pass 58 yards to the house. And if, if there's any question about is he the starter, well, last week the Bears rested all their starters, and he did not play. But his backup, Deontay Foreman, did, as well as Roshan Johnson. Um, and just based on where he's going and what we've seen in the past from him, I I, we've, I've, I think Bwood and I are probably the two highest on him, but he's a guy that I'm targeting at the end of every draft just based on his uh, just skill set in general. Um, last year he only started two two or three games, but he averaged five point seven yards carry on one hundred twenty nine attempts. Yeah, you put that on a certain pace for almost two hundred carries, you're it's a thousand yard guy. He, I, I mean, mean, yeah. I mean, he I had seven thirty. He had seven thirty one last year, and he wasn't even the starter. This is kind of looking like a um, almost like a, a mini like Tony Pollard situation, in my opinion, like. You know, he's always been the guy behind David Montgomery. David Montgomery's a good running back, similar to how Ezekiel Elliott was a good running back. But whenever Khalil Herbert got the ball, you're like, wait, he looks a little bit better. And, like, it's, I feel like I've been saying that the last, like, two years. And now he's getting an opportunity where he's getting probably the first. I mean, like you said, I mean, judging by preseason, looks like the RB1 for the team. So, efficient guy, five yards of carry. We'll see what he does. Just in general, like, the guy who's going in front of him, like Swift is right in front of him. Pacheco, like these are guys that I would rather have Kyle Herbert. Um, for me, I guess uh, the obvious elephant in the room is what the hell is Deontay Foreman doing? Um, we're not going to act like he's not a thing um, because we've had this talk. And I feel like Deontay Foreman has brought up a decent amount on this show in terms of he's probably one of the best players to me in terms of Every time he gets a certain amount of touches or a certain amount of work, stud. 
every time. So it's it's kind of hard to act like that's not a thing either. Um, I still want Herbert, by all means. Don't get me wrong. Uh, especially if he's going to be my RB3 or possibly RB4. Um, I think he can well exceed uh, where I'm getting him at draft value. Um, I guess what I would like to see is just him involved in the pass game more. Um, and it doesn't have to be a lot, but maybe just two or three catches a game. That would make me feel completely different about him. If he can guarantee me two or three catches a game, about 12 or 13 carries. Um, and that offense should be a lot better. That's the overall aspect of it. Um, there's no way that offense can go backwards. And hopefully Fields doesn't have to run for 1,200 yards again, to be honest. Uh, but with Herbert, I guess I guess it's the same like when you're playing with any Bills running back or you're playing with J.K. Dobbins or you're playing like – obviously, you know what's going to happen on the five-yard line. Is that concerning when number one is the quarterback? Yeah, it's concerning. And it's concerning for his passing volume as well. So I probably just kind of got to deal with it. But based, so on getting, upside. but based on where you're getting him, it's yeah. I think it's a really good value to have the starting running back on an NFL team at that late of a pick. Yeah, kind of the same thing I feel about Zamir White. Like, even if he's not the only guy, I mean, if he's still going to be there, though, and still get 15 touches. I mean, you can't just run away from 15 to 20 touches a game. You kind of you you have to live with the results that happen with it, um, especially in the 10th round. You're just not going to find that many guys that are going to get 15 touches. Um, but hopefully they let they let go of Montgomery for a reason. Yes, they, I think they signed Foreman, but I don't know if that's more of a backup reason or if it's actually like to make him compete for the starting job. But I think it's more so they believe in Herbert. He's going to be the guy, but Foreman will get some touches. That is a fair warning. So it's not like it's not going to happen. Um, so it shouldn't be a shock to anyone when. You see Deontay Foreman scoring a two-yard line, and Khalil Herbert got him all the way down there um, by any means. But is there, let's go ahead and jump into our number uh, – our second late-round guys that we all like. Um, let me see who um, – yeah. Uh, start off with the quarterbacks. I'll go. Yeah, so my late-round sleeper, uh, my second pick, will be Mr. Geno Smith of the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I wanted to get a quarterback in there. I didn't know Taylor was going to do a quarterback too, but it's all good. Um, right now, Geno Smith is going to QB 16, and he's going at pick 103 overall. Um, so this is a guy you can get in the 11th round. I'm just going to state the obvious. Yes, Geno Smith finishes the quarterback five last year. Um, he's going at the quarterback 16. It's just bothering me. I, I, I don't quite understand. I'm not saying he's going to be number five again. But, like, it's no disrespect, like, and – I get the rushing upside, but watch Anthony Richardson be ahead of Geno Smith, Andy Mock, Andy Drafts. Like, I'm being for real. Um, I just don't understand some of the reason I'm getting. But at this point, and I'm just going off 4 for 4 ADP. I'm going to say in most mock drafts I've been in, he's going later than that. He's not going in the 11th round either. He's probably going in the 13th, 14th, something round. My thing is what made his situation worse for people to be like, uh, you know, we're going to draft you later when he got the best wide receiver in the draft and he got, what, the third best running back in the draft? Yeah. So it's like it kind of was like they canceled each other out. So it's like, are we back at point A? Because it kind of confused me when they drafted the number one receiver on most people's drop mock board. And then you drafted the top five running back on most people's mock boards. I'm not going to say they canceled out, but it was kind of like I think they're just trying to increase all depth. So in my opinion, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm overthinking it. Maybe I'm going to be dead wrong. I'm not, gonna, I'm not expecting him to finish QB5, but I'd be damned if he finished outside the top 12 if he gets the same amount of volume he threw for last year um, with better weapons. Um yeah, and to be honest, he is one of my favorite late-round guys to draft if I don't want to go QB early or middle rounds. So, I don't know. I just fight the volume is going to be there. It's not going to be – he threw the ball 570 times, if I'm correct. I mean – yeah. yeah, so, I mean, if he throws the ball that much again, man, I'm, 
to each their own. I'll be damned. I'll, I'll pray for y'all if y'all think seven. Not saying you, but just anybody listening or anyone in general thinks they're going to be 16 better quarterbacks than Geno Smith. Something's wrong. Yeah, I agree. And one thing to, to mention, like, he was there. We, we went over this stat when we were doing quarterback rankings. Like, he was literally the most accurate quarterback in the league. Like, literally the most accurate quarterback. And he gives you that rushing upside, like 366 rushing yards. So, yeah, even though he was QB5 as well, that's what I'm going to throw. He was QB5, but he was QB9 on the points per game basis. So, consistency was there and overall finish was there. Yeah. And then on top of that, he finished top 10 as a quarterback in rushing yards. Um, that was just his first year in offense. Like, it could get, it's gonna, it should get better, honestly, year two. So, it's, so, Pete Car- it's the Pete Carroll system that makes the quarterback, yeah. not the quarterback. Yeah. I mean, say what you want. Gino uh, made Russ look like poop. Trade, to be honest. Uh, but, you know, we'll see what happens with that. But, uh, yeah, shout out to Gino. I love you, man. I'm glad you had that uh, comeback year, to be honest. Um, let's be honest. That probably was out of nowhere for everybody. But it was, probably his, it was probably his last chance, too. Yeah, and on top of that being his last chance, he literally was one of the best quarterbacks in all of the National Football League from start to finish. Um, Took him to the playoffs. Yeah. They were yeah. supposed to be like a, a team to forget about, honestly, last year. Like, and like I said, so if they're going to be 15 quarterbacks better than Geno Smith, damn it, I'll take my chance. But yeah, so I mean, um, like I said, I love Geno. Uh, honestly, I highly advise getting Geno in all leagues. I will be a big Geno Smith advocate this season. Um, but yeah, so uh, you want to continue with the quarterbacks or you want to end it off with your cherry on top and let Brandon go? No, I'll go ahead. All right, this one's for uh, the Jets boys out there. Um, my second late round guy is Aaron Rodgers. Now, I was trying to figure out how to, who to do as my late round guy, and I was just like, gosh, like the, none of these names interest me. And then I went to sleeper, and I looked at Aaron Rodgers' 14 seasons in the NFL as a starting quarterback. He's played healthy in 12. How many times do you think he's finished outside the top 10? If you looked, don't say anything. I didn't look. I haven't, but you said out of how many seasons? Out of 12 seasons. He's played 14 seasons in the NFL. Two of them, he didn't play the full season. I'll say 12 seasons. He didn't. Maybe one. What, finished outside the top 12? Outside the top 10. I'll be bold. Never. Yeah. Once, and that was last year. It's quarterback 13. In his healthy seasons, he's finished QB 1, 1, 2, 2, 2, 7, 1, 7, 9, 2, 6. And he is currently going as the quarterback. 13 off the board, pick 97. I mean, I just, I'm just shocked. When I read those, I was just shocked. And you know what the crazy part is? Last year, he barely finished outside the top 12. He finished where he's being drafted at. And he had 26 passing touchdowns and 12 interceptions and less than 3,700 passing yards. That was the first time in his, or the first time in his career that he's had less than 3,700 yards in a full season. And he still finished his QB 13. Yeah, for me, I just – I think I'm starting to come around on it more. Um, and I've always been one of those guys. It's not like I'm not drafting him as a top five guy either. But, I I mean, I figured last year was about the worst it possibly could ever get, to be honest. Um, I feel as if, personally, his receiving options are better, um, in a sense, personally. But some people, I guess, 
I don't know. I guess if you like Christian Watson that much, but outside of that, I guess it's not really much going on. What do you mean? Alan Lazard came with him, so. Yeah, so Lazard, he took Lazard, man. And they got Dalvin now. Um, Garrett Wilson. So, I don't know, man. I mean, I feel like this is the best offense he's probably had. Mm. Ever, almost. Like, there might yeah. be better guys. Like, maybe if you go back to the Jordy Nelson and Donald Driver days, they might have a better offense. And But if you start from hole to bottom, running backs, receivers, Everyone, I, I don't know if he's had a better set of skill guys around him personally. Yeah. Um, so on top of that, like Tilly said, you're drafting him at his floor. Those are the best guys to draft. You're drafting him at his floor. If I'm correct, QB 13 is going in what the 97th overall pick. So you're almost getting him in round 11 in a 10 man league. He's never finished outside the top seven pretty much in the last five or six years. Um, so I, I would bank on the fact he gets closer to top seven than he would to 13 again. If you're waiting yeah. on quarterback, think about that. You're getting him in, the, you said, the 10th round? Yeah, round 11? 10th, yeah almost the 11th. 10th, you're the 7th pick of the 10th round. So you have so your quarterback, good. both your running backs, both your wide receivers, your flex, and three bench players before you even have to take a quarterback if you wait on him. Yeah. One thing I also like about Aaron Rodgers this year, I mean, like, people poke at him a lot about last year. I mean, I just think the man was just unhappy. But one thing I've noticed about him this year, like, Looks like he's having fun again. Like he's smiling. You know, he's 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 I don't know, he just looks good. He looks happy. He has a little handshake with Garrett Wilson. Got 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 the thick mustache going. Uh, he just looks good, man. And I I've seen a few highlights literally like the other day. Like he was just on the run and just threw a, like a deep bomb in the corner end zone to Alan Lazard. Like he just looks like that was yesterday. And that was, that was yesterday. Yeah. That was when Sauce Gardner was all over Literally. So I mean he looks good, man. He just looks like he's he's ready to go out there and prove something that he still has it. And we we've said it over and over again this offseason. Like he literally won back to back MVPs the year before last. So it's just like you can't say he doesn't still have it. I just think last year was off year. He didn't have any like experienced wide receivers. And, you know, he was just kind of giving up on the, the Green Bay franchise. So I think yeah. he'll get the spark back. Hopefully he had a good off season too. Make you feel a lot different when you're actually happy where you're playing. Um, make you play a lot different, too. Uh, so, I just want to have a big bounce back year. The, the talent never went anywhere. It's, I don't want to – I'm assuming nobody ever felt that way, but the talent never went anywhere. It just simply was – and, Damon, if he was if he was a borderline QB1 and that was the worst it's going to get, okay, I could live with that then. That's about as bad as it's going to get. Like, also, keep in mind, both those MVPs, he was 36 years old and 37 years old. Yeah. So – don't run from the age, man. And if you have any doubts, man, just cut on hard knocks, man. It'll get you cracked. I was just about to say. Just cut hard, hard knocks on. The hard knocks should be enough for y'all to <laughs> draft Aaron Rodgers. Um, I'm not if mad you, at if you, you draft Garrett, If you draft Garrett Wilson, you should just draft Aaron Rodgers to have that stack. Yeah, honestly. That's, that's all. Stacks, feel, stacks feel a lot better when you draft a wide receiver early. Yeah, and especially when you get the quarterback essentially eight rounds later. Uh-oh. Shoot, in, in some home leagues, you might might be able to get him off the waivers. People are really running from him. Like, they don't really like him. Surprising. This is crazy. Talking about a guy who's a back-to-back MVP and just did almost 50 touchdowns two years ago. Him and Gino, man. No respect. So it might be both of my quarterbacks. Literally. You can literally wait till the literally your last two picks and get both of them probably in a 10-man. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, going to get a little let you wrap it up? Which yeah, man. Boy Another Mander. Manders fan this year, I guess. But uh, Brian Robinson Jr., another second-year player for the Commanders. You look at his ADP, RB34, um, 10.06 in the 10-man league. 
And it's kind of like something like we've been preaching, like, I mean, throughout this entire episode, like, people keep running from these, like, the same thing we we're talking about Khalil Herbert, like, why are we running from RB1s? Like, he's an RB1 in his offense. Um, and I get it, he's competing for work with Antonio Gibson, um, which he was last year as well as a rookie. But when you look at weeks 5 through 17, after he returned from his, his gunshot injury, he was fifth in carries. Like, I don't think people keep thinking like, oh, he's competing for work. I mean, he's getting volume. He was fifth in carries, twelfth in That's rushing That's crazy yards. to say. <laughs> after he literally had, after yeah, <laughs> literally, and he's a rookie. Like that's what people realize. Everybody hates him from last. I'm like, dude, he's a rookie. Like, what do you expect in a bad offense? He only had in that time span, weeks five through seventeen. That's only five less carries than Nick Chubb. Who people talk a lot about Nick Chubb's volume. Like he only had five less carries in him. Um, his only downfall, in my opinion, is his yards per carry, which was 3.9. I mean, that's not good for a rookie. Like, you expect rookie, first year, fresh legs, like, to be explosive. I don't know, 3.9. I mean, but I'll give him, I mean, you know, like I said, I mean, he was a rookie in a bad offense. He was recovering from a gunshot wound and missed a lot of preseason. So maybe he was just getting his legs back, and that was just kind of like an off year for him. Um, another flaw of his is, like, he doesn't catch the ball which I feel like may change with the change of OC. Um, like I said, don't like to read too much in the preseason, but, I mean, that's the only thing we have to, I guess, look at at this point in the season. Like, he had four catches in the last game for 17 yards. That was one more catch than Antonio Gibson. Um, they also got rid of J.K. McKissick, who was literally like a – J.K. McKissick. I mean, J.D. McKissick. Excuse me. He was basically Boy, like a third about, receiver. About J.K. Dobbins this morning. I am thinking about J.K. Dobbins. I am. But – um. Yeah, I mean, they got rid of J.D. McKissick, who was basically like a wide receiver, too, on their team last year. Um, so I think that'll open up a lot of just opportunities for catches for um, Brian Robinson. I mean, like I said, four catches uh, in their last preseason game, that's probably more. I don't even know how many he got in the entire season. season. Yeah, literally, how many did he get last season? Like Probably like 12 or something. I know he had at least one. He took a screen pass to the house last year. Yeah, so – if we can, I mean, that's just a good sign to begin with. And I get it. I feel like a lot of people are scared of him. I mean, he was RB41 last year. A couple nice. a couple of things, in my opinion, on him. First, drafting him, you have to know you're going to need touchdowns. Yeah. It's it's plain and simple. If you don't get touchdowns, you're not going to be happy. I had him last year in both my leagues. And I had to start him some weeks, and he didn't score. It hurts you. Um, but my other thing here, I texted the guys this earlier when I saw it. If the commanders are better, why can't he be Jamal Williams just with a little less touchdowns than last year? Yeah. Because why Why doesn't he play the Jamal Williams role and um, Antonio Gibson play the Swift role in the Lions offense? It's a fair and, enough comparison. Um, and assuming the offense is going to be better under the new OC, under a younger quarterback, I, I don't see why he can't have more touchdowns. I think he can hit 10 touchdowns. See, if he has 10 touchdowns, then I always feel like there are not many running backs who had 10 touchdowns that are damn near not in the top 24. In the 10th round. Like, um, but I guess the only problem is, like, like Tilly said last year, you were starting, you see 17 carries, 62 yards, have six points in a week. Like, that's just awful. Like, you just, you just have to accept it, though. If you're going to draft him, you got to know it's going to be ugly if he doesn't score. And that, I mean, it was ugly with Jamal Williams last year when he didn't score some games. Yeah. And you're just hoping he gets better with the improved offense and new OC, him having a full offseason, healthy offseason. 
What uh, if he gets his yards per carry up to 4.2? 4.3. And it can't be worse, bro. He had nine catches. Nine. Last year? How do you have nine catches? I don't care how little you played. Nine? <laughs> he might have that by week three. That's crazy. Like, no, that is absurd, bro. Nine catches? So, in that aspect, that's very encouraging. Hell, even if he gets 30 catches, yeah. he'll be looking at a completely different finish. Um, So, that was the part I was looking at. How you only get 12 targets for nine catches? Yeah, I don't. I don't give a. I don't give a damn how bad a pass catcher you think he might be. There's no way that man is that bad. That you only give him nine catches in a whole season. Yeah, and I get what people are saying. Like it's not a pretty pick, but it's the tenth round. I mean, and he was a rookie last year who missed games, finished RB forty one. I get it. It looks bad when you just go back and look at his stats. But like, you look at other rookies last year who had you know off off you know off seasons. I mean, like Isaiah Pacheco, he was RB thirty six last year. He's going in the eighth round, two two rounds above Brian Robinson. How is he any different than Brian Robinson? Mm-hmm. Rashad White, he was RB38 last year. Matt Giddey, he's getting a new situation. You know, Leonard Fournette left. I mean, he's going eighth round. Uh, James Cook, he was RB45 last year. He's going eighth round as well. So, like, he's a guy you can get. He's he's also a starting running back. Should be in the improved offense. You get him in the tenth round, two, two rounds later. So, I mean, I just like the value. He's a starting running back who you can get literally at the end of your draft. The offense that is projected to be a lot better and should be getting toward the goal line a lot more, to be honest. Um, but I like the Ryan Robinson pick. I think it's pretty clear to the Mayfield. It's just if you are going to start him that week, you just you better be okay if he doesn't score. Um, but if you can live with that fact, then he's going to get a good amount of work. It should be more work. I'm joking about it, but I've never seen something like this in my history of looking at fantasy. Nine catches is actually crazy. Yeah, like, like I don't care how many games you play, nine catches as a running back is absurdly bad. Um, so it can't be anywhere to go but up from here in terms of that aspect. So uh yeah, I mean I like Brian Robinson because the good thing about him is he seems like he'll be on the field whether they're he might be on the field a little less if they're losing, but he's definitely gonna be on the field if they're winning. Um yeah. he's so. getting volume, literally. Fifth in the league. And y'all know the podcast EGS motto, volume is king. Yeah, you can't replace volume. Now I can't say he'll be great with it, but volume literally gives you every time you get more volume with someone, you have another chance to do something they couldn't do. Um, so volume is super important to me. I'm sure it is the rest of the guys, but yeah, man. Any honorable mentions y'all might want to throw out there before we uh, wrap up this episode? Or mm. let me do, let me do a quick glance. If I knew he was going, if I knew he was actually going to pass the ball a lot. Never mind. Uh oh. Come on, man. Get it out. Oh, Zay Flowers. Get I got that out there. I'm surprised you didn't say him. I thought you were going to use your first time. But he's probably not going to be valuable in fantasy whatsoever. I don't even know why I'm thinking of this, but I guess if he could pass enough, I like Kenny Pickett. But <laughs> you have to have a certain amount of touchdown. My, uh, my is the Moose. Yes, sir. Going as tight end nine, pick 91, top five incoming. I love it. My deep sleeper is Zeke, round 13. You're not going to use your Raheem Mostert? No. I, mean, I got my plug in early. I mean, you would know, right? Like Raheem Mostert. Yeah. I'm about to say, I don't think I have too many guys. Um, Oh, y'all know my guy. Um, Get Michael Thomas everywhere. Ah. I didn't want to put him down, but that's good definitely. Man. 
Yeah, go ahead and get Michael Thomas here. You can make that face all you want. You can be so sick when he outscoring a lobby. Yeah. You're going to start him and play him? After, I need to see the first two weeks. See, you see, this is what he does. He talks about Terry McLaurin. He's like, nah, he's not going to be on my team. No, he's Michael Thomas. I need to see the first two weeks. Michael Thomas will be on my team, though. I promise you that. Mm. Listen, anyhow, but yeah, man. Appreciate the fellas as always, man. Great episode. Thank you guys for listening this long. We appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. We hope we can help you with your later round drafts. You know, maybe a couple guys you might have been thinking about. We helped you convince you on. Um, but yeah, so thank you guys as always, man. You can follow us on social media at podcast EGS on Instagram and Twitter. The link in our bio will give you access to all episodes that we have, um, oldest, newest, whatever you might be looking for. Um, like I said, social media, podcast, whatever you do, you know, we appreciate any support in any form or fashion. Uh, thank you guys, and we'll see you next week.